0: Welcome to This Week in IoT, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. For many Americans, the fully electric self-driving car seems like technology out of a science fantasy story. But for Tom Rafturi, Innovation Evangelist for SAP SE, this massive change in how we get from point A to point B is just around the corner. This week, Tom joins us to discuss the current state of both the electric and self-driving cars and where they will be within the next decade. How you doing, Tom?
1: Hey, Sam, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, my pleasure so i wanted to start this off with currently what's the state of the self-driving vehicle are we there where people are actually getting in them and they're on the streets with regular drivers or are they still in heavy testing what's the what's the state
1: yeah so let, let me let me take it a step back first sam because there's A number of different things going on in the transportation sector right now which are being massively massively disruptive (laughs) um the first thing we're seeing is the the move to connected vehicles and uh we've had that for a while now you know with onstar and things like that but it's it's becoming more of a thing now it's because with the drop in price and sensors and you know with the the shift to 4g and shortly 5g Basically, every car will be connected, and that uh, that uh, allows for manufacturers, and it allows for uh, service centers to provide a range of services which were completely impossible in the past. So that, that's the very first thing, and that's that's almost trivial compared to what's coming after that.
0: Oh, so in that case, what's the state of the electric car then? The next big
1: shift we're seeing in, in, in transportation is the, the, the shift to uh, the electrification of transportation. and You know, while while this is not new, the first electric cars were actually some of the first cars back in the 1900s and even before. It's only recently that it started to really take off, and obviously the first big mover there was Tesla, and they've been plugging away at it for a little over 10 years now. But the the whole shift to the electrification of transportation uh, got a huge uh, boost in the last uh, year or so. Uh, From China, uh, which may be unexpected, but basically, China passed legislation uh, which said if you want to sell cars in China, then from 2019, 10% of your fleet needs to be electric vehicles or what they call new energy vehicles. So, why would you want to sell cars in China if you're a car manufacturer? Well, Right now, they are the world's largest car market. Fully 30% of all new car registrations in 2017 were in China. And the same in 2016. It was 30.2% both years uh, of of new car registrations were in China. For comparison, uh, the US was 18% and the EU was around 15%. So China, there's twice as many cars sold in China alone as there was in the EU. So given that, there's no car manufacturer who wants to be locked out of the Chinese market. Now, the Chinese were quite canny about this when they said that. They said, well, okay, look, if you want to sell cars in China and you don't quite make up the 10%, well, then you can buy new energy vehicle credits from any of your competitors who have them to spare. So... That gives even more incentive for the car manufacturers to get to 10 percent rather than having to pay their competitors. So it's, it's a very clever system, and it's coming on stream next year. So by 2019, all car manufacturers will want to be at about 10 percent of their fleets. So you know that's six months from now. and then it's not just 2019, it goes up to 12 percent for 2020 and so on up to, by 2025, it needs to be 20% of sales. So suddenly, all the car manufacturers who had been watching Tesla with kind of bemused interest uh, for 10 years have suddenly now got a burning platform. And so you're going to see a huge launch of electric vehicles happen in the next six 12, 18, 24 months from all the manufacturers, because like I say, they all want access to that market.
0: So one fifth of all vehicles in China are gonna to have to be electric. What kind of effect is this going to have on the global market?
1: This is going to have huge implications for, for you know, the vehicle market globally, because with this sudden burst in activity in electric vehicles, we're going to see economies of scale which will hugely drive down the cost of electric vehicles. Electric vehicles today are still you know, more or less, well, they're, they're still more expensive to buy upfront than an internal combustion engine vehicle of, of a similar class, shall we say. But the main cost of electric vehicles is the cost of the batteries. And the cost of the batteries fell 80% between 2010 and 2017, just through technological advancements and, again, scaling up of manufacture. And that's going to increase enormously from 2018, 2019, 2020, as we see a huge uptick in manufacture of these vehicles. So by 2021, 2022, the bumper price of electric vehicles and internal combustion engine vehicles will be about the same for similar class vehicles. And as we proceed forward from there, from 2022, 2023 onwards, the electric vehicles will actually be cheaper because the battery prices will continue to fall.
0: So this actually brings me to my next question. What exactly are the benefits of having an electric vehicle as opposed to buying one that's powered by gasoline?
1: So you're going to have electric vehicles which have better performance than, inter- than internal combustion engine vehicles. They will be cheaper than internal combustion engine vehicles. They will last longer. They are cheaper to run. When I say last longer, uh, the the data from uh, Tesla vehicles, which we have access to, uh, shows us that uh, electric vehicles, the battery degrades over time. Uh, And in a Tesla vehicle, the battery degrades by about 1% every 30,000 kilometers. So that's about uh, about 19,000 miles. So every 19,000 miles you drive in a Tesla vehicle you lose about 1% of your battery's uh, range. So by the time you get to uh, 190,000 miles or 300,000 kilometers, uh, you've lost about 10% of your of your battery's range. So not many people listening to this would probably have driven a car 190,000 miles or 300,000 kilometers. And if they did and it was an electric uh, Tesla, for example, it would still have 90% of the original capacity in the battery. So these cars don't lose range over time. They only have about 20 moving parts, so they never break down. The only thing that you really replace in electric vehicles is the, the tires and the brakes. And because they use regenerative braking, you replace the brakes far less than you do uh, in an internal combustion engine car. So if you take those factors into account, it'll be a cheaper sticker price. It'll be cheaper to run because electricity is cheaper than petrol. It'll break down far less. It'll last a lot longer. The range, uh, this is one I forgot to mention, the range of these cars is increasing year-on-year-on-year. On, year on year. The Mercedes EQC, which is going to be launched next year, has a range of 500 kilometers. And the Tesla Roadster, which launches in 2020, will have a range of 1,000 kilometers, so a little over 600 miles. So when you start to get electric vehicles having a range of 1,000 kilometers, suddenly it's the internal combustion engine vehicles which have a range issue, not the, not the electric vehicles.
0: So with the growing market and all the benefits that one gets from driving an electric vehicle, what exactly is gonna happen to cars that are powered by gasoline? The market is going to flip
1: in the early 2020s. So early to mid 2020s, the market's gonna completely flip. Why would you, given all that, why would you buy an internal combustion engine vehicle? But here's where the real kicker is, knowing that, knowing that the market's going to flip in the early to mid 2020s why would you buy an internal combustion engine vehicle today because you buy it today and you want to sell it in three or four years time if the market has already flipped your internal combustion engine vehicle will have lost its resale value completely there's going to be a huge stranded asset problem with internal combustion engine vehicles in the mid 2020s. And by the late 2020s, the issue that people talk about today of the infrastructure problem where it's hard to find a charger, that will have flipped as well. By the late 2020s, uh, service centers or fuel uh, stations or uh, forecourts or whatever we're calling them will no longer be selling petrol and diesel. Why would they? The market will have flipped. So the number of them will decrease and there'll be fewer and further between. And you'll have to travel further to get fuel for your vehicle unless it's an electric vehicle. And of course, it's easy to deploy chargers because electricity is ubiquitous. You know, it goes along with cables, whereas you have to bring trucks to fuel uh, to, to service, not to service centers, to fuel stations to fill up big tanks and those are going to be fewer and fewer as time goes by. So electric vehicles are going to take over and it's going to happen quicker, uh, faster, more suddenly than most people realize. So that's that's one of the big disruptions we're going to start to see in transportation in the next couple of years. And it's not just going to be cars either. That's the other thing. Uh, We're already seeing lots of motorbikes, uh, electric motorbikes coming up. Harley-Davidson are launching their first fully electric motorbike starting next year. Uh, And the other manufacturers are doing the same thing. Buses are now starting to be built, which are fully electric as well. Uh, China is adding 8,500 fully electric buses to its bus fleet every five weeks. So buses in China are fully electric and they're starting to export those now as well. Trucks, uh, rubbish uh, disposal vehicles, um, trains obviously, ships, even planes. Uh, We're starting to see a move towards building electric planes as well. So transportation in general is going electric in the next few years and it's going to have huge advantages for uh, for the environment, uh, for noise pollution, for air pollution, uh, for the cost of transportation, which will be cheaper. Uh, Then you've got to think as well of business models shifting. Because today, a a vehicle manufacturer uh, makes, you know, GM talk about making $30,000 per vehicle sold on parts and service over the lifetime of the vehicle after it has been sold. But of course, if these cars are electric, they're far less likely to fail. They don't need the maintenance. They don't need the oil changes. They don't need spark plugs. They don't need parts. You know, so that 30,000 will shrink massively for all the manufacturers of electric vehicles. So they're going to have to think of other ways to make money. One of the ways they can make money is to become energy companies. Because they will have massive fleets of electric vehicles which can store energy and that energy can be sold back to energy companies who require their grids to have distributed storage Uh, and having, having distributed storage that they can pull from at times will make the grid far more stable which can be an issue when they're adding variable generators to the system the likes of wind and solar. So the manufacturers, the car manufacturers will suddenly start to become energy companies rather than being manufacturers of vehicles or as well as being manufacturers of vehicles. So whole new business models are going to arise out of this.
0: So now that we know the state of the electric car, what exactly is the state of the self-driving vehicle?
1: So we're still very early days in the autonomous vehicle area, but that's happening too. And we're seeing lots of traction in that space with the likes of, you know, Waymo from Google. Uh, we're seeing Apple in this space as well, uh, although very quietly, they're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, we're seeing other companies getting involved in it as well. Daimler are doing stuff there. Uh, all the big manufacturers are doing stuff there. Um, uh, uh, Zooks is a, is a, a startup. Uh, who have landed about 800 million in funding. Uh, And then you've got Comma.ai as well, which are another one. You know, Uber we've seen as well are testing autonomous vehicles. So we're getting into a a whole world where the the way we move ourselves around is going to change enormously. Uh, If you think of the cost of a taxi today, uh, I was in uh, Athens in Greece a few weeks ago, uh, speaking at an event there. And it cost me 40 euro to get from the airport to the hotel where I was staying. But when we shift to autonomous vehicles, those autonomous vehicles will, first of all, they'll be electric because transportation is going electric. And second, they'll be fully autonomous. So what will happen in the future is I'll go back to Athens. I'll have an Uber-like app on my phone or on my watch or whatever. <clears throat> it might be Uber, it might be uh, Maven, which is the GM play, it might be any of the other platforms that, that are starting to rise up, it might be Zooks or whatever. So I'll open up the app, I'll call a, an autonomous taxi, I'll sit into it, it'll take me the same distance from the airport to the hotel, but instead of being 40 euros, it'll be 4 euros because the move to autonomy drops the price of transportation by about 90%. So trips that cost 40 euros today, in the future will cost four euros. And that's a long trip. Shorter trips will obviously cost significantly less. And when you get to a point where you've, you've dropped the price of transportation 90%, suddenly it becomes completely commoditized. You can imagine companies like Starbucks, for example. Starbucks will say, we have an offer on our Starbucks app. You order a grande latte tomorrow, and we'll throw in a ride to work so you open up your starbucks app the following morning you order your your, your grande latte and an autonomous vehicle comes to deliver it and to pick you up and to drop you to your place of work all for the price of the grande latte or whatever it is you've ordered from them You know, So again, we're getting whole new business models. And this is going to be massively, massively, massively disruptive for the people who are already there. Again, as I said, the OEMs, the big car manufacturers of today are being faced with huge, huge, huge disruption. We're going to see the rise of new platforms. And when I say new platforms, cast your mind back 10 years, 11 years. 11 years was the launch of the iPhone before the iphone was la- uh, so the iphone was 2007 and then android was launched in 2008 the first first android phone was 2008 so before the iphone and android there was a huge amount of different uh, of different smartphone manufacturers out there nokia was one of the big ones nokia refused to embrace Apple, it refused to embrace, not that they would have been allowed by Apple, I guess, but they refused to embrace Android either. And we saw what happened to Nokia, they disappeared. This kind of disruption is going to happen to the car market as well. So what's going to happen is we're going to get the likes of Apple, who I've already said, are doing a lot of testing on autonomous vehicles at the moment, they're keeping it very quiet, but they have a big, big, big project going on there. And so of Google with Waymo. So suddenly we'll get the rise of these similar platforms: the Apple platform, the Google, the Google platform, and there'll be a couple of others. And these platforms are going to do to the car market what has already happened to the camera market, you know, the the, the phone market, uh, and all the other things that you know were discussed uh, in in the software eating the world uh, blog post by. Um, uh, Andreessen back in, in 2011, I think it was. So Mark Andreessen back in 2011. So the same thing is going to happen to cars. Highly likely platforms will arise and the car manufacturers will be disrupted unless they have a platform of their own. And will they be able to scale it? I don't know. It's more likely the technology companies will take over and they the manufacturers will be relegated to uh, OEMs making slightly differentiated smartphones, or in this case, slightly differentiated cars uh, with the same platform running them in the background. You know, look at, the, look at the Android market today and kind of copy and paste that into the transportation section into car manufacturers, and that's highly likely to happen. So enormous disruption going to happen. It's, it's going to be staggering. And we'll see a shift away from car ownership as well. I mean, if it's going to cost, as I said, one-tenth of the price to do that transport, and if people like Starbucks are going to come along, I'm not saying they will. Starbucks might never go near that. But when transportation is going to be so cheap, it it would make sense for companies to do this as a kind of the transportation would be a free add-on to whatever service you're buying. So in that scenario, when transportation becomes so cheap, why would you shell out you know 20, 30, 40, 50,000 dollars or euros or whatever it is to have a car of your own. It doesn't make any sense. So there'll be a huge move away from individual car ownership to going into transportation on platforms, and a lot of the platforms will disrupt the car manufacturers. So the next 10 years in transportation, it's going to be brutal for some people,
0: but for the end
1: user, it's going to be phenomenal.
0: Thank you for coming on, Tom, and thank you everyone for listening to this week's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe for previous podcast articles and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.